What's going on guys? Welcome back to another video from myself, Esan Khan. And on this channel, we talk about all things money, investments and mindset. And when it comes to money, I teach you how you can make money through starting your own recruitment business. And using my formula, you'll be able to go from zero to six figures in the next 12 months. And in today's video, I'm going to be teaching you one of the most important questions that you need to know in order to achieve six figures in the next 12 months, which is how you you can start charging higher fees to your clients. All right, guys, so we're gonna get straight into this video, but before we do, if you wanted to know how to get higher fees, make sure you give this video a thumbs up, make sure you leave a comment down below and let me know what type of typical rates you're currently offering to your clients and what you're getting from them. And it'd be great to have a conversation in the comments below about all the different markets, industries, and niches that we are in and the typical rates that people are charging in those industries. And make sure that you subscribe to this channel to support and click the bell notification to make sure that you're notified every single time that I upload a video which is going to help you make more money. And lastly, before we get into this video, share this video with somebody that you know that is interested in recruitment that might have a recruitment company right now and they're struggling to get clients to charge high fees and really they're just grinding on a hamster wheel. They left one job for another job which isn't really paying them that much. Share this to those people, share this with your friends who want to know this information or you think that they could benefit from it in some way. So we're going to get started on this video now. So I just want to start off with a quick premise here that this has been one of the most asked for questions since I started the Tribe of Recruiters Facebook group. And if you haven't joined that, click the link below to join that now. It's a community of like-minded entrepreneurs and recruiters where we all support each other and I'm there to answer your questions in the comments and in the feed. And the aim and the purpose of this group is to help every single person who joins it to start making money as a recruiter. So like I said, this was one of the most asked for questions and it makes complete sense. Now when I was having conversations with a lot of you it was really interesting because there's so many people that are just doing the same things in similar industries and you're all having the same problems. So through speaking to a couple of you and kind of understanding where your business is at, what type of experience level you're at, what I've also found is that it doesn't even matter if people are running recruitment companies for five years or six years or ten years. I've spoken to people that are charging eight percent or ten percent, in some cases 150 pounds per placement and to be very honest with you this is not something that I'm too used to I'm very used to doing deals at six seven thousand eight thousand nine thousand pounds at bare minimum and the lowest that I have ever charged was 15% which I highlighted in my case study which you can watch down below where I charged one of my clients 15% and truth be told that was at the very beginning of my recruitment business journey and I just wanted to do a deal very quickly and that's why I dropped it down to 15%. Have I done 15% since in that market? No but I have done in in certain markets where I've been able to charge 15% on say £100,000 salary so those work out to about 15k per deal which still makes it more than worthwhile for me to spend my time doing that and they're growing companies and I'm a preferred supplier to them as well so it just makes sense for me to get that business in certain industries but with a lot more commitment attached to it so whenever I've given up my rate whenever I've given up any percentage from my rate I always take something back in return for that so if I'm giving something I'm going to take something back as well so I'm not going to give you five percent or ten percent off just because you are giving me the role you're giving me the role because you've got a problem so we've already established that I'm not going to give you five percent off or ten percent off unless you're going to give me something back but that's another video for another day this is about how to charge higher fees and I've put together five tips that you can utilize and you can analyze within your business to see why you're 
you're not getting the type of fees that you think that you should be. So number one, the question that I want you to ask yourself is, what is your niche? Now I've spoken to people and I've said, what's your niche? And they've said things like pharmacy and construction. <laughs> And I asked, are you focusing on construction workers who work specifically in pharmaceuticals? And they said, no, we just got one role here in construction for like a construction manager. And we've also got another role here for like a regulations analyst. And you know, it bewilders me that how are you gonna find that effectively and efficiently? Sure, you're gonna spend five hours of your time finding candidates for one and then another five hours of your time finding candidates for another. But the whole point of being a vertical market specialist, again, if you've watched my case study video below, you'll know what a vertical market specialist is but how can you be a vertical market specialist how can you charge higher fees if you don't even focus on a particular niche since I've started in recruitment I've been a vertical market specialist focusing on a particular niche and what that's allowed me to do it's allowed me to be an expert in that field and it means that I know what's going on what projects have happened what projects are not going on and it means I know where to look for clients how to attract them and then when I speak to them because I'm telling them so much about the industry from a recruiters perspective about their competitors that's their main interest how are these other companies that are also recruiting the same people as us how are they doing how are they finding things when you're able to give this information people don't even think about the actual recruitment itself they're seeing the value that you can give to them from the industry perspective so when you are a specialist when you have a niche that you focus within it's only inevitable that you're gonna learn so much about this industry you're gonna learn so much news because you're gonna want to talk to your candidates and talk to your clients about that news and when they see that you are a specialist and you're an expert within your field suddenly that eight percent that ten percent that fifteen percent whatever it might be goes out the window because they see more value in you than just a recruiter you can almost become like an agent of theirs feeding them inf information all the time and for that reason they're going to want to keep you happy they'll bargain less with you and you are in a power of control where you can say to them and you can dictate to them that the same competitor that they're worried about growing and beating them you're working with them and you're working with them at 25% 30% so what right do they really have to say no to you when you're working with their competitors now I'm not saying go out and lie to people and say that you're doing all of these things but if you are a vertical market specialist like I'll train you how to be then like I said this information becomes inevitable you're speaking to candidates you're speaking to clients and you're understanding the industry from a very deep perspective if you're a generalist imagine the call hi I'm a recruitment company I want to help you recruit. Okay, cool. What do you recruit for? Anything. Anything. Just you name it, I'll recruit it for you. You're not a recruiter. What you actually are is a resourcer. That's all you are. You're a resourcer. You're just going out, making calls, trying to find companies that want to give you any type of role. And you're just going onto a job board or you're going onto LinkedIn and you're just typing in a bit of a bullion and trying to find people and trying to get it across. And that's about it. Hit and hope. That is not how you set up a successful recruitment company where you can predictably generate clients every single day and you can start doing deals and placements on a weekly or bi-weekly basis and you don't need to worry about the volume as long as you're doing one or two deals a year you're very very likely to hit multiple six figures because you're charging higher fees as an expert and so I guess the last question that I just want to leave you with on that topic is why should someone pay you more than anybody else ask yourself that question if you're not a specialist at solving their problem you're just someone who knows how to do a bullion search here and then chuck CVs over why 
Why should anybody spend more money with you? Why should they call you back once they have another vacancy? Doesn't make any sense to me. If you're not a specialist within a niche, you're just shooting yourself in the foot and you're gonna be doing a lot more work and not getting the right reward for the time that you're putting in. All right, cool. So number two. Number two is what level of role do you recruit for? So again, I talk about this in the free training video that I've put together down below, which you can watch. I don't work anything less than 30,000 pounds as a salary or $40,000 as a salary. I don't work those roles at all. Even when it comes to contract positions, then I look at the margins and I don't do anything less than seven pound an hour. And even at seven pound an hour, I'm asking myself if it's really worth it or not. I want to be getting eight, nine or ideally 10 pound an hour out of the contractors that I'm working with. So one of the questions that you have to ask yourself is what level of placement are you doing? Are you doing low level placements? Are you focusing on the low end of the spectrum here? Are you focusing on graduates and trainees and or are you focusing on low level jobs? And when I say low level jobs, I don't want to sound patronizing and I don't want to insult anybody. What I mean by this is these are jobs which have lower barriers to entry. So for example, a mechanical technician is someone who is very, very skilled. In fact, most mechanical technicians that you'll see, people that work in the warehouses that are handcrafting things themselves, these are some of the most dedicated experts within their field, meticulous with detail, meticulous with their attention. However, because you don't need a degree to be able to learn how to do that, and it's easy to pick up someone and train them to get started in that, it has less value to the world or to businesses. And therefore that value is reflected in the salary. When I say low level, I don't mean people with low intelligence. I just mean how easy is it to get that job? And if it's say a mechanical technician or a CAD operator or a driver, whether that's a lorry driver or that's a van driver, a transit van driver, whatever it might be, these type of jobs, it doesn't take degrees and lots of skill to be able to get the job. And as a result, there's thousands and thousands and thousands and millions of people applying for these jobs on a daily basis. So really, why do people need to pay you for them? It doesn't really make sense, does it? You need to focus on the jobs which are the hardest to train for. This is really what I think the key is here. You need to focus on jobs which are difficult to train for. So as an example, a solicitor or a lawyer. Now there's a reason for why solicitors and lawyers get paid so much money. When you see a solicitor, you never see them driving a bad car. You always see, unless they're pro bono, you only see solicitors driving nice cars, living in nice houses. And there's a reason for that. It's because they've worked really, really hard. They've studied all the laws, passed all the exams to have the title of being a solicitor. The same goes for being a doctor. The reason why doctors are so highly paid is because of the value that they add to society. And it is extremely difficult to be a doctor. Now, yes, there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of doctors just here in the UK, over in the US, there's of course, tens of millions of doctors, possibly hundreds of millions of doctors. But when you're looking at the entire population, you realize that it's only a small fraction of the population that actually have these skills and have these qualifications. And because it's harder to train for, they get paid more. So you have to look at that, that you have to focus on more technical positions or positions that have higher salaries in general, which will allow you to get a higher fee anyway. If you're charging 10% on a 25,000 pound salary and you make two and a half thousand pounds, great for you. But I didn't get into this business to just make 5,000 pounds or 6,000 pounds a month. I could have done that being a recruiter, working for an organization and probably having a lot less stress and being surrounded by more people. Being an entrepreneur is difficult and in recruitment, you've got to make sure that you're getting rewarded for the time that you put in. Don't 
shortchange yourself by spending weeks filling a position that's only going to get you a few thousand pounds or less. You should be really focusing on those high level positions, working the same amount. The process does not change at all unless you're, you've got a bad process. But if you're following my process, I could recruit for van drivers, I could recruit for CEOs and everybody in between and it does not matter. But part of my process for building successful six-figure companies is to focus on the job types that you're recruiting for to make sure that you're recruiting for the right type of job that's going to get you not only higher salaries but also the value that these people add to their companies are much much higher and therefore if they need this person they won't mind paying you 25% of their salary to get them in on time or 30% or 35% in some cases that I've placed in but as I said again if you're placing low-level positions where there's lots of candidates and you've just sent maybe a candidate with a bit more experience than another the difference in value between one candidate and another candidate doesn't really make too much of a difference so they're not going to really pay you much for anything special i didn't make up the rules i'm sure every single person out there who is out there working and earning a living for their family are incredible people and they deserve everything that they get and more but this is just economics and this is how the world works and you've got to work within the rules of economics to be able to earn the most amount for yourself so if you're going for low level positions and you're starting off on a low rate anyway then guess what you're going to get low fees all right so number three is where are you finding your leads in the first place when i've spoken to a lot of you and i've seen content on youtube and i've seen all the other mentors and gurus that are out there they seem to be teaching the same thing and every single person that i've spoken to seems to be doing the same thing when it comes to getting their clients and i hear it all the time linkedin and indeed and yes you can build a business finding clients on linkedin and indeed and wherever else you might want to find your clients you can do that online as much as you would like but one thing that i want you to know right now is that there is nothing different in what you are doing and your approach to client generation than a million other recruiters that are finding the same positions as you and when they're calling those companies they're having the same conversations with the same type of recruiters about the same vacancy that they found online and it just gets a bit boring and that's why i see so many people get responses back from clients saying hey thanks for the information send us uh, some of your information that say hey thanks for your email send us some more information and we'll get back to you they're saying that because there's nothing different about you you haven't stood out to them in any way and they're therefore giving you a very nice but generic email back to you they have your details and if for example they're really really struggling they might come back to you but really and truly i don't think that they will because every single day a new recruiter will email them straight after you've emailed them and pitch the same thing again not only are you the hundredth person to call them about that same vacancy that you found online but tomorrow and the day after and the day after and, and every day until that job has expired they're going to be getting calls from recruiters pitching them the same thing telling them hey we saw your ad online are you looking for somebody right now they're going to be fed up and that's why they're going to tell you to go to email you see finding clients for me yes i go to linkedin and i go to indeed only and let me just make this point very very clear that i've built multiple six-figure businesses as a recruiter and i only go to linkedin or indeed or online to find jobs on my weekends or maybe during my lunch breaks or maybe in the evenings if i'm a little bored and why do i do that i do that because i am a top biller recruiter and i want to do as many deals as i can and i'll teach you this process in the course but what i do is i get these jobs that you guys think are your bread and butter this is your pot of gold those to me are a few freebies that i'll do every now and again really and truly i send out a few 
CVs, I'll read the job description, I'll send out a few CVs, and I'll just see if somebody comes back to me. And what I found out is that that is the process for so many people's entire businesses. What I've just told you there I do in my lunch breaks, sometimes in my evenings, sometimes on my weekends, is how so many of you are building your entire business. I spend probably less than 2% of my time recruiting in this way. So how do I find my clients? Well, it's very simple. I find the leads that nobody else is even looking for. The leads that I find are untapped leads. I didn't realize how untapped these leads were until I started speaking to people, other recruiters, to find out their lead generation strategy. And I realized that it's all the same. If you're finding roles that have high competition because every single person is doing the same thing that you're doing, then how can you expect to charge a higher fee? Again, this is economic supply and demand. If there's a high level of supply of recruiters veering towards one company where they have one role, so demand is low, but competition is high, why do you think that they're going to pay you a big fee for that? They're not going to pay you more than 10%, more than 8%. At the very max, they're not going to pay you more than 15% because you're just going for the low hanging fruit. If you're going for low hanging fruit, everybody's going for that. You're going to go for the big, nice, shiny apples that are at the top that no one can even see. And if you don't know how to do that, then click below to view the case study that I've made and I show you the seven steps that I use to build successful recruitment businesses. All right, number four, who are you dealing with? So again, I see so many people talking about this. They say, hey, look, got this great response back from the HR. Look at this. They're asking me for more information and saying that they'll get back to me. That is absolute bullcrap. That HR does not care about you. They're not going to get back to you. Maybe if you've had a really, really good rapport with them, they might come back to you. But I wouldn't build my business having that as my hope. Again, there are times I reach out to HR. There are times I reach out to internal recruiters. But that is a long term business development strategy with certain companies that I think I would like to work with, but they have a in-house model. And I want to, for example, just build a really good relationship, solid relationship with the internal recruiter and grow that for the long term. That's not how I'm going to make a deal today. That's not how I'm going to get leads today and start getting interviews today and do a deal by next week. That's not how it's going to happen. Do not speak to HR. Do not speak to internal recruitment. Do not speak to head of people. These people do not want to use you. They don't. They do not want to use you. You need to speak to the hiring manager. You need to speak to the line manager. You need to speak to the technical person who is the decision maker for the job that is being hired. That is who you need to speak to. And why do you need to speak to that person and that person alone? Well, it's very simple. They are the one that have the problem. So if you look at the two different motivations that these people will have, HR people, internal recruiters, and the technical line managers, they have two very different objectives within this business. The HR, internal rec, the head of people, they are focused on the cost of recruitment. Their job will be how cheap can you do this? How much under budget can you do this? And if they come under budget, then it means that they will get a bonus. So just think about that. You do not want to speak to someone who is given a bonus by not using you. If you speak to someone who's given a bonus to not speak to you, then I guess you just like to talk to people for no reason. I don't like to talk to people for no reason. I like to talk to people, whether it's to help them and give them advice based on my experiences or if I'm making money with my clients and my candidates. So when I recruit, I only speak to the line managers. I call them. So you have these two people. These people are motivated 
by not using you. These people are agnostic to whether they use you or they don't use you. They don't care. They do not care about anything to do with the recruitment process other than getting the person. They might have budgets that they work towards, but they will have overall project budgets that they work with. Rather than the recruitment and HR team, which will have specific numbers with regards to their recruitment, they will, but the flexibility is much more because it's from an overall pot and there's a number which they know that they can generate as a return on their investment by having the right people to build these projects and deliver to their end clients. So this person here, the line manager, he is someone that is targeted with delivering for the business to their customers. And he does not care about the cost of recruitment as much as these people. He or she cares about quality and speed. Let me say that to you again. The line managers here, they care about quality and speed and HR over here care about cost. You don't want to speak to the person that's most concerned with the cost because that's all that they'll care about. These are the two things that you want to focus on is quality and speed. And if you can sell to them and say, look, my quality will be like this and I will get it to you at this pace and it is well within what they're looking for, then they'll be happy to work with you. They don't even necessarily care too much about the cost. What they'll most likely do is at this point, they'll say to you, speak to HR. And you can tell them that's great. I will speak to HR and we'll sort this out. But what you want to do is you want to make sure that you've already started the process with him. So it's very difficult for him to backtrack and then it makes it very difficult for the HR to actually negotiate with you as you have more leverage because the relationship has already started. You've already sent CVs which the manager is interested in. So they have less leverage to then come in afterwards and then bring you down on your rate. And it's very difficult for the HR to say to the line managers, don't interview these people, cancel these interviews. We're not making this placement. In fact, I have had many occasions where the line manager has very directly told HR where to go and where to stick it because he wanted to work with me and simply put I was charging too much they wanted to work at six percent no not happening and I was charging 25 percent so you can see there's a big disparity in 19 percent gap by provided speed and quality to the line manager so I became more important than the HR and the HR became a blocker for him so number four was who are you speaking to if you're speaking to the wrong person with the wrong motivation then you're going to get the wrong fee that you're looking for if you speak to the right person with the right motivation, you can get the right fee that you're looking for, which ultimately is a much, much higher fee than what you're currently charging right now. And number five, very, very simply and straightforward, this one. What is your starting point? At what level are you actually starting your negotiation at? I think everybody out there who is watching this video has either been sold to or that they have sold themselves. And if you're looking at a car, for example, when people put out cars, they know that there's a bit of haggling involved with car dealers. So the car dealer will always price the car a little bit higher. So let's say for example that this car dealer wants to make a minimum of £300 on every single car that he or she sells and therefore he or she prices their cars at £500 above what they bought it at so that they know that they will get some sort of haggling and that they have a margin to reduce the price, to make the sale, to make the customer happy and then also get the margin that they wanted in the first place to ensure that they're able to run and grow and scale their business. So if you're going into negotiation asking for 15% at the top end, well, you're never going to get 20%, are you? You're never going to get 25%. If you start your negotiation at 10%, why would anybody say, no, 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 well, actually, we want to pay 25%. No one is going to do that. The way you start at is the most that you're going to get. Your starting point is the most that you will ever achieve. So on my terms and conditions, my terms are 
actually on a scale based upon salary and the highest bracket is at 35%. And actually that 35% bracket is where I do most of my deals. It's the salary level that I do most of my deals. So again, if you've seen my case study video, I've said in that, that I charge an average of 25% to my clients. I start off at 35%. So if I'm starting off at 35%, the most that I'll be able to do is 35%. Very simple. The most, I can't do 40% because I've said that the highest I charge is 35%. But what that does is that that starts the person's mind at a higher level. So when they get down to 25%, they feel that they've just saved 10%. They will look at that 25% as a 10% saving if they've negotiated successfully with me. So rather than you going in at 15% and wanting that 15% and then them taking you down to 10% and you giving that to them because you want the business and you want to make them happy, start at a higher fee. Just start higher. Just say that you charge 30% for a certain salary level and see what people say. What will happen, I can guarantee you, is that you'll get fewer responses back. Because if you're going on the same lead generation strategy as every other Tom, Dick and Harry recruiter out there, then seeing 25%, 30%, it's not going to be that amazing. It's not going to be that great because again, like I said, why would they even pay you more if it's so much competition to fill the position? But if you've done all the things that I've said before this point, so if you've picked a niche, if you've picked high level salaries, if you're getting leads that aren't competitive, that aren't being utilized by every single person that sees it on LinkedIn or Indeed or online on job boards, and if you're dealing with the line manager directly, then actually what you'll find is that the quality of those leads are going to be much, much better. The process that you'll be able to implement within your clients and you can control the interview process means that you'll make more money by dealing with less people. So less effort and more money. And I'm sure that's a scary thing for people to hear that less people will contact you. But like I said, the people that contact you are going to be people with a desperate need to fill the vacancy and they're serious about filling their vacancy and they've seen your rates and they're happy with your rates because they've come back to you. They will want to negotiate and they might not go to you at that rate. And a lot of the time people will say to me as an example, here's a great example. I had HR call me up recently and say, hey, look, we saw the CVs that you've sent to so-and-so, the line manager, because I went directly to him. He wants to interview people. He knows that his hands are tied within the company and he has to speak to HR. That's their internal process, but he wants them. So he's told her, get me these people. I want to interview these people. Now all he or she wants to do is to focus on the cost. Like I said to you, he or she is focused. The line manager is focused on speed and quality. HR is focused on cost. So when you're speaking to the HR, they're just going to want to know about cost, but just know at this point you have all the leverage. But what is most common, and this happens a lot of the time when this scenario comes up, where somebody in HR has called me off the back of email that I've sent to a line manager, and they've said to me, what are your rates? And I've said, I've attached my rates. It was 30% as an example in this case, 30%, and I just wait. And then what they'll probably say is, oh, well, we were looking at somewhere more along the 20, 25% mark. Okay, cool. So now I know that the minimum that I'll get out of this is 20%. And ideally, I'm going to get that 25%. In fact, ideally, I'm going to get the 30%, but she'll be happy at 25% because there's no difference. It's not like she's paying any extra than what she's paid at the top end anyway. She's quite comfortable paying 25%. She's done that before. She wants 20% because again, there's an extra 5% cost difference. But imagine that. Imagine you started off at 15%. You would have never got 
about that 20 or 25%. So you got to make sure that you're starting off in a higher place, but you have to have followed the other steps that I've told you in this video in order to justify the higher rate. So you have to be a market specialist. You have to be solving high level problems. You've got to be finding less competitive leads, finding the leads that your competitors just aren't finding because they're not doing it the same way that you're doing it. You're dealing with the line managers and then you can offer a higher rate and negotiate down from a higher rate rather than go in at a low rate and try to stick at that one low rate. Let me just ask you a question. Whenever you've gone into a shop and you've got a discount, how much better do you feel about that purchase? Because you feel like you've saved, even though you might have spent hundreds of pounds or thousands of pounds on whatever this product was, you feel like you've just saved a few hundred pounds and you might even go out and spend that few hundred pounds on something else because you're like, hey, I was under budget here so I can spend more there. It's such a nice feeling, but when you go in and something is quite low cost anyway and you buy it and it's the same cost, you don't necessarily feel that same level of connection and emotion as when you get a discount. It's no surprise when companies have sales that there's queues outside and people are running in. Everybody loves a sale. Everybody loves discount. But if your prices aren't high enough, then you will never be able to discount from your low price. If your fees are higher, then you can discount down. And what you can also do, like I mentioned earlier on in this video, is when you discount down, you can start asking for things in return. Might be exclusivity, might be times in people's diaries, it might be future roles, it might be whatever it might be. You can start asking for things from the client and that is a way for you to justify taking more control because your fee is less and you want to make sure that you fill this position for them. So look guys, those are five examples of ways that you can start charging higher fees and you can start making more money from the work that you're already putting in. I just cannot believe speaking to some people that they're literally just taking a few hundred pounds per placement. There are things to do with niches in there that need to be changed and maybe that's the norm within that niche. So pick another niche. Don't marry your niche. Do not marry the niche that you're in and say, this is the only one that I can do because I have a friend that's in this niche. So what? Even if you place your friend, you've made one placement. What happens after that? Okay, so focus on the niche and the process. These are the two things that you need to focus on, the niche and the process. And regardless of what industry you're working in, if you have these two things together that work in the same way that I've explained today in this video, you're going to be making more money and you're going to be able to really live life on your own terms. And that's what separates grinders from the rainmakers. This is what separates those recruiters and entrepreneurs who struggle to pay their bills from those who are able to live a life of freedom and truly have control over their own life. So that's it guys. I hope this video has helped. Please leave a comment below and let me know what you thought of this video and if it helped you. And like I said earlier at the beginning of this video, if you haven't liked this video, just like it. It's absolutely free and it helps more people just like you to find these videos and benefit from this content. And in order to do that specifically for the people in your network, make sure you send this out to people who you know would benefit from this video. Thanks so much guys and I hope you subscribe for more and I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.